You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey there, Screen Beans. Have you heard about Screen Snark? Rachel, this is an ad break. They aren't screen beans until they listen to the show. Fine. Potential screen beans. You like movies and TV shows, right? I mean, who doesn't? Screen Snark is a casual conversation about the movies and television shows that are shaping us as we live our everyday lives. That's right, Matt. We have a chat with at least one incredible guest every episode, hailing from all walks. We've interviewed chefs, writers, costumers, musicians, yoga teachers, comedians, burlesque dancers, folks in the film and TV industry, and more. We'd be delighted for you to join us every other Monday on the Certain POV Podcast Network. Or wherever you get your podcasts, fresh and tasty off the presses. What? What? That's, no, that's not... Can I call them Screen Beans now? Fine. Screen Beans! So tune in and we'll see you at the movies or on a couch somewhere. Because you're a whole screen beans now. On this episode of Meet Your Geek Leader on Hey Mitch, we're talking with Christopher Franey. Hey, everybody. So I have you here. Um, obviously, you've been here since the beginning. We, you've, we've had Imagine If going for uh, over 200 issues. I don't know exactly what issue we're on right now, something, but yeah. it's 200 something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what's, what's your life as a podcaster been like? Um, it's entertaining. Honestly, I mean, it's cool. It's, it's opened up some really big doors. Uh, it's challenged me to do things that I normally would not have done. So, I mean, thank you. Like, thank you for <laughs> making this. Thank you for being my partner in this. Uh, cause it is honestly like, I mean, you know, I think to, and I don't know if I'm, I'm going forward with the format, but it's like, I think the biggest achievement was, you know, getting to interview, um, and now of course his name, Kevin Eastman, there we go. It almost was slipping through the cracks, but you know, talking with Kevin about Ninja Turtles, comic books and all that stuff, like that was cool. Um, you know, uh, talking with creators, you know, finally getting past that awkward shyness and then like. Uh, so how do you break into the industry? Like, I know how to ask other <laughs> questions. So uh, it's been cool with that. And it's been just great sharing this wealth of useful or useless knowledge with people to get them excited. I mean, that's the, that's the great thing about po- podcasting, right? Someone's searching for it. Yeah. It's not like we're just throwing it in their faces. So it, it's useful to them. Yes. <laughs> uh, not just Kevin Eastman. Now we got to talk to uh, Dan Jerkins too. Yes, that's very true. Well, I think I always think Kevin, I think that was the one like... Oh, gosh. Which one did we do first? Did we do Dan or Kevin? I think we did Kevin first. I thought we did Dan first. You know, you might be right. I don't know. Dan seemed easier. I guess Kevin just, I was more shell-shocked. Okay. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I, 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 I don't know why. Like, Dan seemed smooth and easy. Like, it was like, okay, we could talk to him. Probably because once we put money in the jar, then he was easier to talk to. <laughs> Kevin was just like... 
hey man, I could be selling stuff right now. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I got to make this worth it, you know. But but yeah, no, but that's true. I mean, we've we've talked to some greats. You know? Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's it's really challenged me. It's it's got me to finally start writing, which has also been exciting too. Like you wouldn't connect the two, but they really have. So that's been fun. Yeah, putting all that knowledge and 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 love of comic books into a, into a place. Like so yeah, you've been writing articles for Geekly Media, which then turned into writing articles for Adventures in Poor Taste, which is now known as APTT Comics. AIPT, yeah, AIPT. AIPT sorry. Yep. Uh, so I mean. Yeah, the name Christopher Franey is out there. People can look it up and find out what you have to say about comics. I know, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, where did your love for comics start? Um, good question. So honestly, um, as weird as it is, I guess probably I'd, I'd have to date Batman the 1966 show, but reruns. Okay. So like I was just, what, Batman 89 came out, so I'm roughly four or five um we moved to yuma in december of 88 so <laughs> i got to see all that bat mania <laughs> uh yeah no but i just i didn't know anything about it but obviously in the world it was it was big so like batman the animated series was gearing to come and, and all that stuff but anyways i remember you know put it on and, and i'm just watching it i'm like well these costumes are something else the car is cool you know and my dad was like oh i remember watching that when i was younger you know blah 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 and so i was like okay it just kind of stuck so then after that it was circle k's man buying comic books at circle k um i i vividly remember picking up a couple of issues of the flash because then we had the 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 flash tv show uh impact comics oh dude i was so lucky i got all the first issues um i was i i think i made it all the way up to like issue six and then eventually like a shipment got skipped or something (laughs) you know my mom she loved to go to the store so she'd be like okay if you're good i'll buy you a comic you know so i'd i'd go to she'd she'd shop at mervin's we just mentioned that uh but i'd sit in the little clothes racks and and read comics in there yeah circle k's and in grocery stores they they used to have comic books folks uh that was the quite thing I, i my first comic book was from a grocery store it was from uh i want to say fries but it might have been kmart I'm not sure. Both did. I know both did. Yeah. Then it, well, it's funny you mentioned those two. So fries, fries was where I met Daredevil. Okay. Uh, Cause we went in there and I just seen the man without fear issue one. So I read it. Yep. I was one of those people, man. I read the comics. I didn't pay for it, but I read it. <laughs> so I'm sure somebody out there hates me more. Uh, and then Kmart and they were big because they would have those packaged collections. Mm-hmm. So of course death of Superman like that put everybody selling trade, selling collections. And Kmart used to have those like four or six pack collections, you know, like here's the four pack with the four new Superman or, you know, here's part of few, Funeral for a friend. So those were those were big. Um, but another place, and this was before the big boom, but we used to shop at the Salvation Army because, you know, we're a young family. Um, so we would go there, and that was another great place. Um, and it was funny because that's when I, I kind of learned about the – the, the strangeness of Superman, you know, so it's like, Hey, a Superman comic came in. Okay. And you know, the Salvation Army, they were like a quarter. So it's like, okay, you know, my allowance or if I had, you know, like that was where I could afford a comic. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, cool. I can get this. And so it'd be weird to read sometimes where it's like, like I caught on, okay, artists draw them differently. Okay. That makes sense. But it's like, well, how come in this issue, this earlier issue, he's mega powerful. And then in this lower number issue, he's weak. <laughs> like what's going on? And then, Oh, there's this 
mysterious crisis because <laughs> we didn't have Wikipedia. You know, the, the internet was uh, just message boards, I think, in that time. So and there was no way I had access to it. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have those, uh, like the, the DK books at that point or the... So the DK stuff, no, it wasn't official. Um, I know, I think that era, so our era growing up, was the binder ones. So like DC and Marvel would release the, the official handbook to the Marvel Universe or Who's Who, but they were the loose leaf pre-punch three holes. Mm. And they were those. But they, they I, I guess I, either I couldn't afford them or they were never around. But I learned a lot through trading cards. Okay. Yeah, so I would do like, so I had a half brother and, and he was living with us for a bit. And so that kind of got me into the sports side. So I was like, okay, collecting football, basketball, baseball, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and then every now and then I'd sneak in some stuff. So I don't know if you remember this place, the dugout. I remember the dugout. The dugout. So uh, uh, before all the drugs and cocaine took over, <laughs> but that place at one point used to sell. And I remember I went in there and I bought the 19, I think it's 1991 DC uh, Series 1 trading cards. And that one was cool because, like, the first couple of pages were hero heritage. So it would show you the three Supermen, the three Flashes, mm. the three Blue Beetles and stuff like that. So that, I mean, I read them. I read all the cards. I read all the trivia questions. You know, I know Ted Cord is five feet, eight inches. I know Hal Jordan is six feet, three inches. <laughs> uh, you know, it told us all those things. So I remember that's that's where the that's where the real knowledge started growing. Jeez, so I never realized Ted Cord was so short. Well, he's a beetle. Yeah, fair. There you go. And in acrobatics, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's you, supposed to be the DC Spider-Man, right? Yep, exactly. So it it helps, you know. That way you're more limber and your your, your core's stronger for it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so comic books have been a, a big part of the life, you okay. know, uh, since the beginning. But it's not the only thing you do, creatively, so to speak. We talked about the writing. <laughs> uh, you're also an actor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. That that feels nice to hear. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I, um, I guess I I got bit by that bug. So uh, fine arts is a beautiful thing. So I remember fifth grade. Uh, they they came. No, fourth grade. It would have had to been fourth grade. So the music teacher came. They're like, "Do you want to learn to play an instrument? You know, it's gonna be cool. You can go to Disneyland." So I was like, "Oh man!" And I talked to my parents, and they said, "Okay, yeah, we could we could look into this." And I was so excited. I had dreams of playing like the saxophone, the trumpet, or drums, right? Like, okay. And she assigned me the clarinet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Kenny G, right? <laughs> um, I mean, it's not a bad instrument. No, no offense. You know, hey. for all you male clarinetists, <laughs> keep going. But, you know, don't expect much. <laughs> uh, Ferris Bueller played one. Yeah. It's, well, I kind of. Yeah, he kind of. He had one. <laughs> he had one. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So it was, I mean, it was interesting. So, of course, with that, that idea of being able to go to Disneyland, that's what sparked that. Um, so I did band my fifth grade year, all three years of middle school, and all four years of high school. But then finally, um, I think it was the, that was the first time I got noticed for something. So it was sophomore year of high school, and we read The Crucible. I love that book, one of my favorites. And being a male who can read and comprehend and keeping a uh, good Para, oh, now I can't say the word, but a good beat towards oh, reading, okay. you know? So like when we would do choral reading in class, like they're like, okay, you're going to get the lead parts. So I was like, all right, cool. So I got John Proctor. So like that hit me. Like I, I understood what he was saying. I understood why he's, you know, so it, it was like, wow, this is, this is an amazing character in literature. All right, cool. 
Um, and plus, like, I wound up learning a lot about Arthur Miller, the, the writer of that book. So I was like, oh, this is even better, like the history and all that. Then my senior year of high school, they did The Crucible. And one of my buddies knew I loved that. And he comes in, he's like, dude, you got to audition for this and da, da, da. So I, I walked into our high school theater and, you know, the, the theater teacher, she was a great lady. She was very eccentric. And so she knows who she's talking to, but she doesn't know who I am. She's like, who are you? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just paralyzed. And everybody's looking at me like, oh, my name's Christopher and I'm here to audition for the part of John Proctor. And she's like, you never say who you're auditioning for, you know? And really? Was, yeah. You know? And so I was like, I'm sorry. And so anyways, I auditioned, I got the lead. Uh, so it's one of those weird, like TV movies, Disney movies, you know, it's like, Oh, you're, you're the lead in the high school play. Uh, but I loved it. So I, I wish I would have done a better job, but yeah, so that led to it. So I did some time with AWC theater. Uh, I was never an official student. Like I took survey of theater history 101, but I never took any of the official acting classes. So if you see my acting and it sucks, it's cause I'm untrained. So, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then eventually, uh, doing a lot of stage plays with them. Uh, I took some time off when I went to Flagstaff, which was a bummer because they have a beautiful uh, theater program at, up at NAU, but I had to pay for college. So <laughs> I, I discovered their work for Hastings program. Uh, <laughs> but when I came back, I reconnected with AWC Theater. That's when you and I really started blooming more because there was that awkward birthday party in the hotel room. <laughs> That's right. Uh, then there was always the times at FanQuest, but of course... Back then, you didn't want to meet people. You're like, I don't want to meet people. You know, <laughs> just grab my comic books and grab go. Grab my comics and go. Because uh, I was thinking about DC's The New Frontier. I think that was like the first time when Diane was like, "This guy Chris, you know, you should really buy this comic." And did you wind up getting it? I New believe, Frontier. Yeah, I, got, I have New Frontier. All right, good. Then there you go. So, <laughs> had some influence there. Um, but anyway, so yeah, when I came back. Uh, you and I had met up and I remember spending nights, you know, I hadn't, sometimes if I didn't have to go to work, you know, I'd come over, hang out with you and master control and, and all that wildness. And so, uh, reconnected with, uh, AWC theater, did some more stuff, finally branched out to, uh, Yuma community theater, did a lot of stuff there. Uh, I've been pretty active probably the last, gosh, probably close to 15 years, very much doing something every year, at least one, uh, then connecting with the Yuma Art Center and just doing stage work. So yeah, it's, and it's led to finally now I get to do the TV commercials. Uh, I've done TV shows. Uh, I haven't watched the movie Yes Men, but I think I've kind of subscribed to that where it's like, hey, do you want to? Yes. You know? <laughs> uh, so had my, I guess, my second nationwide TV exposure. Uh, the first one was just through Penn and Teller because I was one of the people that got hypnotized. Uh, but the, the, the big one though was, yeah, being the guy who got uh, shanked to death <laughs> as the warden of Yuma and then the guy who got his heart ripped out by his wife uh, <laughs> on Ghost Brothers. So yeah, when you see that, that doughy dude getting ripped up, that's me. <laughs> I, mean, there, I mean, that's quite the journey from uh, the Crucible in, yeah. in grade school or... Uh, yeah. And, and now, now on nationally syndicated television. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's been fun. Like, and I, I love it. I think, you know, as, so it was interesting. Like I, I had a lot of anger as a kid, uh, and Christopher Titus, he taught me a lot about that. Like when you can learn to laugh at yourself, when you can take your pain and make people laugh at something. And so I think that's why I really dig theater. Like, I'm sure the countless directors I've had the pleasure to work for. And I apologize because they're like, you need to be serious or this needs it. And I just, 
Let me make it a dick or fart joke. Yay, you know? uh, but I love being able to go into a room and just lighten it up, make people laugh, give them something. So that's that's always the fun of it for me. Outside of the Crucible, it's uh, one of your favorite favorite productions, and you don't have to say mine. <laughs> Let's see. Gosh. Um, it's tough because I've also, in my long life, I've, I've endured a lot of concussions. So I'm trying to remember what's what. So I guess... Um, Gosh, because that's a tough one. I, I guess I'd have to say, um, I, I kind of I've, I've been getting really into like the art center when they've been doing these. I guess the vignettes, uh-huh. so the shorter ones. Mm-hmm. So I remember exhibit this. So it's nice because you're not on the stage the whole time. You don't have to memorize a lot, and they were funny bits. <laughs> um, so like that was one. Um, the the one I recently did. Well, recently, probably what three, four years. Um, oh my gosh, I should. Um, it was I forget, but it was a small town in somewhere cold. And but anyway, so it was the one where I had all the layers of clothes, and then the girl. I finally tell her, I'm like, I love you, and and then we're about to have sex. So then we've got to take off all these clothes, and then I end up in the red pajamas. So that was fun, just because at the end, you know, where the where the final scene and. And so that was fun, just letting those people rip open and, and go into it. Uh, so I think I've kind of started getting into that. Um, I, yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. That's yeah. what you remember. That's what you remember. That's that's awesome. Well, I, I guess, okay. So actually, two more come to mind. Uh, I think It's a Wonderful Life was really fun, just mm-hmm. because, again, that was another story that I really loved. Uh, Diane from our comic shop, you know, she she sees the quality of george bailey in me and i hope i have those qualities i hope i live up to that um so that was a real honor to get to play that character um and then the other one was whose whose wives whose wife is it anyway or whose wives are they uh and that was the first time i had to do uh drag in a in a in a show and so that one i really got to be physical Mm -hmm. uh so that was fun just running from room to room changing costumes voices mannerisms all that stuff it was fun and plus i mean i'm probably not a very feminine looking guy so you see (laughs) me packed into a dress you know but yeah that was that was definitely fun (laughs) uh is there a role that you haven't played yet that you really want to Ooh, that's tough i'm sure there is um i mean like obviously I'd love to play a superhero. Uh, there is Superman, the musical, I think, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I would love to play a superhero. I guess if I'm looking at, uh, literary works, Ooh, that's tough because I really haven't had time to sit down and digest a book. That's why I love comics. You know, it's like I can, boom, I can read something quick. Um, I guess if I really could, uh, Edmund Dantes, I would love to play the character of Edmund Dantes from um, The Count of Monte Cristo. The Count of Monte Cristo. I think that's great just because, again, that struggle, you see that growth, and and I love vengeance. So, <laughs> <laughs> Now, in your secret identity, your everyday life, you're also a teacher. So oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you for, for that. <laughs> um, what is it that, like, how do you bring your... Well, your geekiness to the the role of teacher. Well, it all began with uh, teaching math, so that alone. (laughs) You're already a nerd. Uh, You're already putting that aspect into it. But I guess it's just, honestly, it's one of those things where, like, I, I don't I don't know if it'll come out right, but like comic books do define me. Like that, I, I very much recognize that people know if they're going to deal with Chris, they're going to deal with comics. You know, it's kind of one of those things. So 
but those elements have really worked themselves into my life. Like it was funny actually uh, when I really sat down and thought about it because uh, I didn't know if I was going to do college. And luckily, you know, some money came through, got, scored a job. AWC is cheap. Okay, you know, I can. I think I can afford at least to get to the associate's degree. Uh, so when I was taking, when I decided to enroll in Education 101, um, that was right at that era where Spider-Man was a teacher as well. And like I hadn't read this issue, like I just picked it up. I was like, no kidding. Okay, that's a good sign. So I just I brought comic books with me because like even when I was doing the program early on, you do your uh, your observation hours and stuff like that, and you have to write projects. And they're like, what kind of books would you keep in your classroom? I was like, oh, I would keep Will Eisner books in my classroom because they're stories about life, um, and you know it's it's just a great talking point with people. You know, like when somebody's feeling down, how can you not think of Superman in those moments? How can you not share a great uh, story? And you know, in the world of comics, there's a lot of representation. So it's like kids from all sorts of backgrounds are going through all sorts of needs and wants and this and that there's a comic that you can find and share so you know i definitely embrace it you know like if the good thing is if i'm boring you to death with pythagoras you can look up on the wall and see peter parker so that's great (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean how how does peter parker deal with having to sit through a boring class well he doesn't he doesn't get bored with education (laughs) (laughs) that's true you're right so he'd have to go do uh, Ted Court. No, he probably no, likes he'd probably education. Enjoy it too. He'd have to go like Guy Gardner or Booster Gold. There you go. There Those you go, Booster. <laughs> he wants to, he wants to know when to throw a football. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So teaching, acting, writing, podcasting. Now, like, yeah. what, what's the next thing you want to tackle? Uh, piloting. 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 Actually, uh, before the big pandemic hit, um, I was looking into joining Civil Air Patrol. And that's one way you can get hours in a plane uh, that people of experience can, you know, help walk you through it. And uh, I was all set. You know, I went, sat in with them. They vetted me. Everything was great. You know, uh, our local chapter of, of CAP is more children based. So they were excited for me. They're like, hey, cool, a teacher. And it's like, no, this is where I escape teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but anyways, it would lead to a lot of opportunities though, where it's like, okay, hey, we can get you in. You know, you start off as a navigator and then eventually leading your way into, you know, behind the stick. And I was super excited for that. But then the pandemic came. So it was like, okay, and just kind of fell out of touch. Um now that I'm working on a couple other things, I don't have time, but I'm hoping to revisit that. And I would love that. I would. I mean, obviously, my two top tier heroes, you know, Cyclops and Green Lantern, both being pilots, it's even more of like, wow, that's that connection. And then I've, I just love flying. I don't get to do it as often, but man, I, I love being up there. It's so great. That's awesome. All right. Watch out. Friendly skies. Chris is coming. <laughs> well, you know, if NASA's listening, I'll join you guys too. I'll go up in space. I don't mind. I mean, you're sending all these ridiculous millionaires. I guess they're self-sending, but, yeah. but I'd tell you that would be awesome too. I would love to go up in outer space. I thought uh, you were going to say, I'd love to be a billionaire. No. I was like, I'd love to be a billionaire too. Yeah, well, I mean, who wouldn't? But, <laughs> uh, if you throw me into space, I'll be happy there too. You know I mean? I think that's great. Like I just, I look at that frontierism and it's like, okay, that's the next frontier Mars. And, you know, not worrying about being the first, but being able to be one one of would be pretty darn cool. So when you're sitting down to write, like what is it that you, what goes through your mind? What, what, what it is, what is it that you, you've set in front of yourself? So I guess right now I write for three reasons. Okay. Um, 
So my main one is to get paid. <laughs> no, but that's when I sit down and I write as a teacher. So I either write my lessons or, you know, my, my material that I'm going to use. Um, when I sit down from that, I think about, I look at it first as a teacher, what do I need to present? And then I look at it secondly as a student, would I get it? Uh, and that's, that's really helped me to find those missing links where it's like, oh man, you know, like, cause I remember when I first started, you know, I would have those mistakes where they're like, how did you do that rule with a, with fractions again? Oh, you don't know that. Okay. So I, I find all those necessary tidbits and I put it into the lesson, whether they need it or not, you know, it's, it's just good review. So that's my primary, you know, like, okay, that's, that's the nine to five. Make sure you get that base covered. Uh, the second form of writings, this is the one that now I pay for. Uh, so I'm working on that master's so I guess, yeah, for those of you that know me, I haven't, I haven't made it fully official yet that I'm, but yeah, I'm working on a master's, uh, just cause I'm afraid that if I quit, I didn't want to have that like, Hey, we're here. But as of right now, what I'm about 70% done, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to finish that. So that one, they'll throw our prompts at us or they'll give us big projects. And that one's really cool because that one, the drive there is, uh, leadership at schools, but then also service. So I really think about, okay, well, how can I, you know, because I've had a lot of, I've encountered a lot of people in that job. And so I ask myself, how can I do better to serve? And I look at serving, honestly, honestly, my, my main focus is serving teachers. Uh, this will sound probably weird, but I don't feel like there's a lot of people out there to help them in a helpful fashion. There's a lot of people showing them how to do more work, but there's not a lot of people showing them how to Here's how your dental plan works. Here's how you. Here's how you should take the weekend off. Things like that. Yeah. Uh, so I think about that service. Of course, then I think about serving students. Like how can we, how can we take our community and get them to, you know, be ready for life, whether they continue with education, go into the workforce, or military. How can we help them be ready, uh, self-sustainable? And then my third bit of writing. <laughs> finally, that's when I get to chop onto comics. Um, before you know, going into a master's program, it was nice to sit down and think about. Hey, I want to you know, like you know, like when I did the Tim Drake one, you know, that was kind of like I thought of you. And it's like, okay, I know you like that character, so there's at least one person who's going to read it. Okay, you know, but I think about like characters that are hot or something's going on and, and how they relate to my to my life, my friends or things like that. So that's a way of me sharing that. Uh, but right now my comic book writing is mostly just kind of conformed to uh, reviews just because that's the only time that I can make for it. Uh, and it's tough because I don't think I'm... I'm of two minds of reviewers. There's either people that really love something or really hate something. Mm. And I think people that really hate something have an easier job of writing. And I don't mean any, like I'm not throwing mud. This is not like, oh, you know, but it's like, it's easy to say, well, this didn't work because this point, this plot point didn't connect or da, 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 da. Um, then when I go to sit down and write, I'm like, I loved it. Now I know it's easy to say, well, this is why, because this plot point made sense and da, 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 da. But now you're giving spoilers. So then that makes it tough because then I'm like, well, am I like, if I'm just reciting the comic, go read it from the guy who gets paid to write it. Don't read it from me. <laughs> um, and then I feel guilty too. Cause sometimes I'm like, well, I just don't want to be mean, you know, cause Oh yeah. The art looked bad. Well, show us your art. Nope. Doesn't exist. You know? <laughs> so I, I look at those regards, but it is fun. Like I try to, uh, especially like right now I'm doing the Rorschach series 
And so that one, I really go into it like, okay, here's what this color palette means. Here's what this name means. Here's how it's connected. So that one's fun. Like I very much, anytime I sit down to write that, I think of the Charlie Day meme where he's just right there at his uh, <laughs> string theory board and he's like, it connects. <laughs> Who is Pepe? You know, and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, those are those are the three types of writing. So for, for work, I just think about how does it help students? Uh, how does it connect the lesson? Uh, then myself as a student, how do I present my ideas of what I would do in the role of leadership? And then for comic book reviews, I just I try my best to be like, here's why you should buy this book. Here's why it's hot. So that's about that. That's, so that's that's those three. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so when you're trying to get into a character uh, to play, uh, to act, stuff like that, what how do you how do you prepare yourself that way? How, what's your Ooh, your so. uh, method? This is where we're going to go dark. Uh, <laughs> I guess I, 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 I remember I went through a really horrible time. And so I kind of look at there's there's like a <laughs> there's the crisis, right? <laughs> so everything before crisis, I just did the parts, you know, like when I did um, when I did the crucible, I was just reacting to acting um, when I did. um Oh my God, the glass menagerie. That was me just playing the gentleman caller. Like I was cool with that. Then I, when I did steam bath, um, I actually wanted the main characters part Tandy because I wanted that character struggle. Cause I think I could then take my pain and my struggle and it would help me to process it. And then people would think I was acting. <laughs> so it's like, oh, this guy's really good. Yeah, because I'm in pain. <laughs> you know? um, but so anyway, so th- th- and that's where I kind of went through. So like for me, I look at what's going on with this character. What are they struggling? Um, and then I kind of just make an amalgam of myself and the character. And this is, this is how I would feel. This is how I would react when these things are happening to me, when these things are good, when they're bad. Um, you know, how how like... I mean, if it's, if it's historical, I, I, you know, I check it out. I, I do some of the research on it. Um, if it's, you know, if it's, uh, yeah, you know, periods, you definitely research the time that way it puts you better in that form of mind. Cause like when I played slim in, um, of mice and men. So that one, you know, when, when I looked at it and, and even conversations with the, the, the cast and crew, you know, it was kind of like, okay, slim, He's the conscience of these of these farm workers, you know. So it's like I I know we're in a weird system, and I know we're not totally accepting. But screw that, we have a job to do. So you got to do yours. You got to do yours. And I look at you all evenly. So that was kind of fun, where it wasn't like because you know there was there was bits of touching on racism, touching on you know uh, differences. You know, obviously with Lenny being. Uh, you know, slower, you know, so it was like, he didn't look at him. He's like, that boy can, you know, he can move a barrel of hay. So that's all right. You know, so we'll go with it. Um, but then, you know, sometimes then when, when I get comedic characters, it's just like, I ask myself, okay, how much torture can I put my body in right now? Like what physical comedy can I do to, to get people to laugh? So those are the things. So I guess, yeah, I kind of look at it as what's the struggle and then what's the humor and then how can I put that out there? Okay. So, I mean, obviously, writing, you, you've, you've done that your whole life for as long as, you know, when you were taught to write, you write. Mm-hmm. Acting, you started at a very young age, relatively. Comic books 
came super young. Oh yeah. <laughs> Podcasting though. I got you to start doing this podcast. Um, what was the, what was your mind going through then when you were like, Oh, I don't know about this, you know, recording every week kind of thing. Well, you know, honestly, like it made it easy because we hang out and talk mm-hmm. and I remember we're like you and Daniel are probably the, the inspiration for this. Uh, because you guys had just started televised heroics. Correct. And I think maybe I'd done like an episode or two. You know, I was like, oh, hey, I watched that, you know, back when I kept <laughs> up with television. Um, so I think I did maybe a guest appearance or one or two probably. or something. You probably and came in and talked about Walking Dead, especially since you had such the knowledge of the comic book on yeah, that. And yeah. And so like it was like, OK. And I think after looking at that, because I remember, you know, there'd be times like if we got in the car, that was the best is like as soon as we pull out of the driveway, it's like here's a challenge, Mitch, you know, are you throwing at me? And it's like, okay, how would you, how would you take the death of Superman and do it in Marvel? Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. You know? And, and so then it's like, this is gold. Why aren't we recording it? You know? So luckily we were both gung ho into it. And, you know, I don't like, I I just look at it. It's like us having a conversation just with funny things in front of us and things on our ears, but it's still, you know, it's still like if you and I were just hanging out and talking, you know, like, yeah, there's less chips because you don't want it to to be in the microphone, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's, it's that. So I guess I look at it either. I'm totally unprofessional in my manner about it, or I'm totally professional about it that it doesn't phase me. You know, <laughs> it's either one of those two. I think that's the beauty know? of podcasting. It's, it's any way you want it yeah. to do. So as, as long as you're recording and putting it out there, it's, you're doing it the right way. Yeah. You know, but I will say this, one of the best things about it though, that it's really taught me consistency, you know? So it's like, okay, you know what? Like, yeah, let's, let's go like meeting those weekly mm-hmm. deadlines, making sure like, yes, I mean, there's, there's slip ups, you know, like I'm letting you know now sometime in December, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be available because uh, I'm either going to be, I don't know what with that program, but you know, but it's, but I mean, for the most part, it's like, no, let's, let's do this. Let's keep going. And, you know, even during the pandemic, like we, we didn't get to touch base as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, it, it made me realize what I had missed with it. And that's why I think now that we're in better times, you know, that's why it's like, okay, let's, let's really push and make sure we, we meet that weekly goal or record ahead of time if need be. So, right. um, you know, but it's definitely got me to think about the product that, that we put out, uh, the mindfulness of it and even looking at the audience, you know, but yeah, I still, I haven't listened to any podcast. I feel bad, <laughs> but it's just, I, you know, I, I, for me, I guess I'm such a social person that, you know, I'd rather just talk to you than listen to two other guys talk about something, you know? So you, yeah, you haven't picked up any podcast, any, nope. any, you never I, listen to anything else. Like I don't even, I don't even listen to teacher stuff. Like, you know, like, Oh, you know, here's, you know, I just, because again, like, and I'll be honest, I just don't have time. Like, mm-hmm. You know, if I don't know if you ever felt this way. Uh, I remember I've, I've thrown this at some people, but like you ever sometimes feel like getting behind the wheel of the car is a chore. Hmm. You know, it's like, oh man, I gotta, you know, I gotta go to work and then you and you gotta take enough, like, obviously I know where you work and you know, that's a big thing. Like, okay, you gotta take enough for almost being gone 12 hours. Yeah. You know, you gotta have stuff ready for you. You know, then sometimes like, yeah, if you're after work, you're like, well, I'm not going to go home because then I'm going to want to kick off my shoes. So if I leave work, I need to go get a haircut, go to the grocery store, do all these things. So it's like, you know, you're just bouncing from here to here to here. And so I've definitely found myself in that regard where it's like, okay, you know, as a teacher, you're, you're never off. Um, 
And then if I pick up a play, you know, then it's like, oh man, after work, you know, so like there's duffel bags all over my car, you know, it's like, hey, here's the work duffel bag, here's this duffel bag, here's the gym duffel bag. <laughs> I say gym like I go, but you know, there's those types of things. Um, and so it's just sometimes you get to that point. So like, I guess that's why if given the choice to listen to something, I choose music because that's freedom still. Like, mm-hmm. That's not... That's not work. Because I will say this. I don't know if, if maybe it was just me hitting a wall, but it almost got to a point where comic books were becoming work. Mm. Um, so that was tough because that's a love. Right. But it's like, oh, man, I got these deadlines and I got to read the damn book. Wait, did I just say it that way? You know, and and so it got to that point. But luckily, music is is untapped in that regard that it's still. So it's like, yeah, you know, if, if like television television is just streaming the office for like the 40th time Uh, music though music is still free so it's like okay so that's why i don't put on podcasts that's Um, fine yeah that's understandable (laughs) like yeah Uh, i mean i would never say that getting behind the wheels the chore for me like obviously the destination usually is the chore but i've always felt great just behind the wheel of my vehicle or someone else's vehicle or what but And, and, and to me, music just doesn't do anything for me. It really, it, it really never has. Now give me the soundtrack to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. I will sing my heart out. <laughs> um, but there are definitely songs that I like, but it doesn't move me in the same way that I, I feel like most people get moved by music. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in the car or I'm sitting at my desk at work, like I can listen to a podcast and it doesn't become completely... Um, uh, white noise. Uh huh. But the, the podcasts I listen to usually still have some type of information, so I can absorb that while I'm doing my work or driving or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now I always find it difficult to do audiobooks while I'm driving because oh yeah, I'm so focused on the road that I start to miss things that information that's being portrayed to me through the book right so that's why i have issues i have a hard time with that but uh yeah i I still i like i that's when i listen to podcasts mostly is when i'm in the car yeah well i've noticed like that that's your jam like you pick up on that yeah Um, for me and it's funny because like even music like sometimes like uh, like kids always love to ask that question what kind of music do you like and i always give them this answer and they look at me like i'm like what and i'm like it's like honesty of voice and lyrics because i do i tune into those lyrics that way Mm -hmm. uh so that's i think that's how you pick up with the conversation on a podcast yeah but for me it's like i've tried to play a podcast or you know i'll even be you know like a youtube video and it's like, okay, I can play this and listen. Nope, I can't because then I get into drive mode and I'm like, wait a second, what did they say? <laughs> huh? you know? So I'm like, yep, I lost. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Everybody consumes things differently, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so then what is it that you're you're binging? What is it that you're you're watching or what <laughs> you know, if you if you're watching anything? All right, let's see. Um so I, I'm trying out the super fan episodes of The Office. Okay. Um, but those are tough because like last night, for example, I was on the couch and I was doing research for one of my projects for the courses. So I put on the regular office because those, you know, I could jump in and look for a minute. Ha ha ha. Know what's going to happen and check out for five minutes or whatever the case could be. So 
when I sit down to consume television, I'll watch those super fan episodes. Now, what are um, super fan episodes? So basically, in my opinion, I think it's just if you don't own the DVDs, here's you watching it with bloopers oh. and extended a cut scene, stuff like that. Zack Snyder probably directed most of them. You know? <laughs> it's putting all this extra material. So it's just got little bits in there. Um, you know, maybe five to ten minutes per episode of, of extra stuff that was just cut out from the episode for time. Yep. Probably yeah. more than likely. Well, and too, honestly, I think it, had they played it in the original, it wouldn't have been as funny, but because there is such a love for the show now, people will consume anything, you know, like you'll watch Michael Scott scream. No, for the 1000th time <laughs> and still laugh, you know? So I think they realize that, okay, now, now we can do that. Um, I've jumped on the Hulu and I've started watching, uh, Futurama, so I'm almost done with that. Beautiful, like God. Finally, and I actually it's funny. I didn't realize how much I did watch. I was like, oh yeah, you know. Um, it's funny because you know, going from watching it weekly to when it was originally broadcast to streaming and binging, it's like God. I really did watch a lot of Futurama. <laughs> I, I didn't think I did, so I was like, okay, this is really cool. So I'm enjoying that. I, I think I'm at the point where they got revived by uh, Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. So I think right after the movies. So that was fun. Uh, Wings. I picked that show up again. Uh, I love that one. That uh, NBC comedy from the early 90s. The mm-hmm. spinoff from Cheers. Oh, man. So I'm, I'm at the point where... They've burned down both houses. Joe and Helen are married. Um, so that's that's a great show. I enjoy that one. Uh, what else? Something else just came. Oh, I'm, I'm getting ready to probably start Titus uh, when Christopher Titus had his show. Um, I did keep up with the boys. Okay. Uh, you and Andy, you know, you guys kept me on my toes with that one. So watching that. Uh, obviously the Disney stuff, you know, the Disney Marvel stuff, uh, caught those cause the MCU, I guess I will make time for that. <laughs> um, I do want to watch invincible. I, I've heard good stuff there. So of the three Disney plus Marvel shows, which one did you like the most? Wow. And that's an interesting question because going into it, yeah. I would have picked Falcon and winter soldier just because a Bucky. They, yeah. You know, like they've got characters I like, I'm more into that story. Um, WandaVision, I could have cared less because I didn't feel they developed those characters as much. But that show did develop those characters. And it was so tragic. But I think at the end of it, I'm I'm I choose Loki. Yeah. Just because you know, Tom Hiddleston's great. Uh, Owen Wilson's one of my favorite actors. And wow, wow, wow. <laughs> um, so that was great. But just too, like when that episode ended, it felt like watching like that series felt like watching Avengers. So you're seeing it all come together and then the big bad at the end. And you're like, dude, (laughs) okay. And the potential is there. Like, I mean, you know, like Dr. Strange is going to be busy for the next year and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that one would have been my big pick. Okay. So yeah. And then invincible. Yeah. I I think, are you, are you, would you say you're a big fan of Kirkman's? Um, you know, it's interesting cause like, I, honestly, no, I'm, I'm probably just a fan of his because of Walkman, uh, mean Walking, Walking Dead, Walk, Walking Dead, the Walkman's the prequel in case you, <laughs> um, Walking Dead is probably only his real big work that I like. It's like, okay, this is cool. Well, no, Thief of Thieves. Those two are the big ones. Okay. Um, because I, I think I've told you the story many times. My first exposure to him probably would have been, uh, Captain America and it was awful. 
Oh God. <laughs> like I seriously almost went into Diane's store one time, was like, stop pulling cap. It sucks. Um, but having heard now, it just sounded like that was just Marvel, like, hey, we've got to put the series out. Uh, so there was no heart in it. Uh, then he did his Marvel Zombies. Jeetsy and I really connected on that one. You know, like, oh my God, this is so cool. Um, so that was fun. But, you know, it fizzled out. It, it, it was just, it was candy. You know, just chewing on it to consume it. There's right. no, no protein to it. Um, then... And the only reason I read Walking Dead was mainly because of Frank Dernabout. So when they announced, you know, San Diego Comic-Con, we're going to be premiering uh, AMC's The Walking Dead. It's like, whoa, AMC? Directed by Frank Dernabout. Whoa, you know, Shawshank Redemption? Okay. And I, you know, and that's the benefit of being a teacher sometimes is the summers. Now, I want you all to know. We do not get paid during the summer unless we tell our job to hold some of our shekels and give them to <laughs> us peasants later, okay? So during the summertime, you're unemployed, but you can't, uh, you can't apply for unemployment because technically you have a job. So, all right, teacher ran over. But anyways, <laughs> so I had some downtime, and uh, this is back in the age of Pirate Bay. So I downloaded, like, the first 75 issues, and I read it. Uh-huh. I, I read them all like I was a night owl just because it's so freaking hot. What else are you going to do? Right. So you stay up late, you read comics. And I, 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 I had LaRue. I think that's how you say her name. Mm-hmm. L-A space R-O-U-X. Her music was playing uh, Bulletproof. So that song is the soundtrack to The Walking Dead. It's because it got on a loop. And so like, it kind of fits, you know, it's kind of got that love and, and bullets and stuff like that. But anyway, so um, I was just like, it, it was the moment when I really saw Rick as a dad, what he would do to protect himself, his, it will protect his son, himself and his crew. It was like, okay, this book is awesome. Uh, then, you know, he put out Thief of Thieves. I was like, okay, I'll try this out just because of Kirkman. And I really liked it. Um, but then after that, I really haven't joined anything else of his. So Invincible, I know of the comic. I've never read it. Uh, truth be told, sometimes I confuse Invincible with the Marvel character Gravity because they kind of look, look the, the same. same. Yeah, a little bit. And there's that whole Peter Parker connectedness. So like, I was like, oh, isn't that a Marvel character? Wow. <laughs> Tourist. Uh, but, you know, finally Donovan was like, oh, no, that's his own thing. So I have yet to check it out. And it's kind of nice going into it empty you yeah know, like okay i don't know what to expect all i know is the meme <laughs> <laughs> thank mark uh okay so then of your the books that you're reading right now what are the top three comics count yeah yeah that's what i meant that's what i'm talking about i'm talking Ooh, about comic okay. books i'm not talking about well, books books well it's funny because actually like going into book books so outside of textbooks which I'm sadly not reading, uh, or happily not reading. I don't know. But I think um, it's happily. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've been given a couple books. Uh, a friend of mine recently mentioned, uh, oh, my God, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, I think. Some, it's, it sounds really interesting. Uh, so that that's definitely on my radar to read. But, okay, so if I'm just looking at it, because that way I can focus my thoughts. Comic books, um, I think the newest volume of X-Men, so they're just on issue two, that I'm hyped for. Uh, just because it looks so exciting, as I mentioned, you know, in Imaginative, it's like they live in a treehouse. They have a giant Megazord. This is so cool. Um, I, and Cyclops is in it, you know, and and like he's a happier Cyclops, you know. So I'm super excited for that book. Uh, so that one is like 
I may collect comics. That doesn't mean I read them. You know, I just like having stacks of paper in my house. Um, so that's a book I take pause for. Um, the other one I would say that I really get hyped for, uh, probably guardians of the galaxy. That's been really fun. I like what Al Ewing is doing there. Um, they're going into the last annihilation. So there's a little bit of a crossover over there. So that's been fun. I don't like this new version of star Lord, like the beard, the no shirt with a jacket and even the jacket design. Like I was like, dude, your last costume looked awesome. Cause it took elements from the movie, from his original look and from his, uh, annihilation look. And it had it all amalgam together. So that was great. And now he just looks like a shirtless hippie. Like <laughs> I feel like he's either the burnt out lead singer of a band or he's the burnt out roadie for it. <laughs> so I hope they fix that very, very soon. Uh, that's a lot of love towards Marvel. So I'm trying to fish my brain real quick and think, what is some... Oh, Nightwing. Duh. How could I miss it? Nightwing and Daredevil. Sorry, I'm, put, I'm giving myself four. That's fine. <laughs> As a guest, I get more. <laughs> um, but Nightwing and Daredevil, those two books are so hot right now. Like... This is historic, man. Like, you know, like when we started as fans and it's like, oh, have you ever read Frank Miller's Daredevil? You know, and surprisingly, I, you and I both know and we both agree we Frank Miller's a quack, but his <laughs> Daredevil is amazing. It's uh, it's just astonishing. And so anyways, what Chip Zardaski is doing with Daredevil right now is great. Um, Daredevil's in prison. He gets his own little jumpsuit. So he's orange Daredevil with no horns. Uh, but it's fantastic because he's like uber deep in the Catholic guilt. And he's like, no, I need to be in jail. And like his friends and everybody have done everything to get him out of jail. And they like, they can even do it lawfully. But he's like, that's not justice. So I deserve to be here. Electra now is being daredevil. She's, she's taking over the streets of hell's kitchen and, and doing her best to try to do it. Murdoch's way without being a killer. Bullseye is running around raining death on the city. So it's like, this is awesome. It's a blockbuster book right now. Uh, it feels like if I had seasons four and five of Netflix, Daredevil, mm. it's great. Um, Nightwing, so much heart and joy is in that book. So like right now we have Dick, Babs, and Tim in there. And they're just the best versions of the Bat family I've ever seen. Uh, this last issue, like Dick Grayson wound up getting knocked out so not necessarily kidnapped but he got knocked out and tied up and the evil bad boss woman you know it turns out she's like oh i'm your sister and he's like what you know and so she reveals and i was worried because it's like well what is this going to mean to john grayson is he going to be a guy now who cheated on his wife you know but they did it in such a way that this addition of family still kept him as a good man so i was like okay cool because you know something like i hate when they do that like I don't think Thomas Wayne's a jerk, but they love to be like, no, Thomas Wayne used to smoke crack because <laughs> that's what he did. You know, that's why the Wayne's got killed because he was smoking crack, you know, and you're yep. like, no, he's not a crack smoker. Um, but anyway, so they, they managed to keep the name of the Grayson's great, but I love the fact that when Babs was like, you know, Dick, can you hear me? Dick, any response, nothing. And she's like, all right, protocol, like bluebird. 
and you just see all these heroes coming out to like help find Dick Grayson. And like even Bruce was there. He's in the Batwing and he's like concerned. I was like, wow, Tom Taylor gets it. He is just writing the best stuff out there. So Daredevil and Nightwing, if you choose to buy those books because of my recommendation and you don't like them, I will buy them back from you. So money back (laughs) guarantee. I have nothing to gain, but I just want more people to appreciate this great literature. What is one thing that they've inserted into any one particular comic book as a new, you know, new part of that character that you just have not agreed with? Ooh, that's tough. Um, all right. If you don't mind, can I list this out of my head just to kind of revisit? So I've got my 14 that I follow. So I think Hal Jordan as Green Lantern, his path has been fine. Uh, I don't mind the whole parallax, the, the the emotional spectrum. I think that's great. Cyclops, I know everybody was like, "Wow, him being a villain." No, I didn't look at him as a villain. He, he you know, he he did what it took to protect the the mutants. Uh, so I think his 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 storyline has been fine. Um, you know, the relationship going from Gene to Emma, I, I didn't necessarily agree with it, but it was understandable. Um, no, that is it. There it is. Yep, that is it. Emma. Emma Frost, that relationship, because, okay, now this is where I'm going to like, you know, uber geek out, but it's like, okay, the Dark Phoenix saga, right? Mm -hmm. This is like, so Scott and Gene are the couple. I mean, outside of Reed and Sue, that is the couple, because think about sit down for the Avengers for a moment and think about what relationships there. Hank and Jan. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares. Sorry, I like them, but no one cares. But at the end of the day, Reed and Sue, Scott and Jean, those were the big ones. That was probably, you know, when Stan did write the X-Men for all 12 issues, he was like, <laughs> you know, this is me and Joni right here. Yes, this is how I talk, see? <laughs> and uh, But so anyway, so Scott and Jean was a big one. You know, like I, you know, I guess that's my main character syndrome, so I, I definitely loved that. So... The fact that Scott would choose to have an affair with Emma, of all people. So the first time Scott meets Emma is in the Dark Phoenix saga. And she's part of the group of people, the Hellfire Club, that basically caused the the Gene Phoenix to have so much emotion and to be so negative and so evil that she just becomes the Dark Phoenix and then goes out into space and eats a planet. So it's (laughs) like, that's somebody that took the person you love and corrupted them and now, oh yeah, let's let's totally start dating. I mean, love is strange, I get it, (laughs) but that one definitely felt a little too forced. Maybe had the affair not happened, but the illusion of it Maybe I could have bought into that. But yeah, that was definitely something that it irked me. I guess it doesn't irk me as much now because then like, oh, Gene's alive. Scott's alive. And the first time they see each other, they just embrace and kiss. And then you see like Emma shrugging and Wolverine shrugging. And it's like, ha ha, yes. You know, like <laughs> now we went from the love triangle to the love rectangle. I think people want, but I was, I was pretty satisfied with that. But yeah, when it first happened, it was like, no, I'm sorry. Like, you know, oh, that's the person who stole from my girlfriend. I think I want to date her. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> no, sorry. Just didn't buy it. So then on the other end of the spectrum, what's the one thing they've, they've added to a character, you know, that you've just been like, yeah, that makes absolute sense. I'm all for it. So then this is where I would go. I guess I go back to, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Green Lantern uh, with Hal Jordan, the whole parallax thing. Because 
I remember, so again, going back to like buying comics on newsstands and stuff. So I got Green Lantern issue 48, New Year's Eve, and it was either going 93 into 94 or 92 into 93 or 93 and 94. I always forget. But we went to Walgreens and, you know, I ran over to the comic book rack and I just saw the famous cover, Green Lantern 48, where Hal's got the sling on and he's screaming at the heavens and it's like Emerald Twilight Part 1. It's like, oh my God. So my parents, okay, we'll buy it for you. I must have read that thing back and forth, back and forth. You know, first appearance of Kyle, you know, I was like, oh wow. Uh, didn't know what that was going to mean at the end, at the time. <laughs> but I read that. And when they had him become Parallax, I was sad because I knew I wouldn't see the character as much. I understood why. I understood why. I didn't necessarily agree with it. But I mean, you know, in the world of superheroics, yeah, you do everything, and then the one time you need help, and people like penalize you for it. Nope, I would, I'd get a little pissed off too, you know. <laughs> so I was okay with it. Like I said, I was just sad because I knew I wouldn't see the character as much. Uh, following him for the next ten years, you know, finally after year four, he becomes the Specter. So I was like, okay, this is cool. Like now he's even more powerful. You know? like, <laughs> <laughs> suckers. Um, but then when you know Rebirth was coming, it was like, okay. And I remember how excited I was. I went to San Diego Comic Con. And that was the year I got to meet George Perez. And so he, they were out there for doing JLA Avengers. So I was, he was signing the books for me. And I was like, are you excited for Green Lantern Rebirth? And he's like, what's that? And I was like, oh, you don't know. Let me entertain you. And so I was so excited about that. But anyways, with Rebirth, what Johns did, I thought that was great. Because it still kept Emerald Twilight there. It still kept Parallax and Spectre and that whole journey there. But it exonerated Hal. He's still a good person. You know, he still had to atone for it. You know, he still was like, because when he saves the the lanterns that he supposedly killed, they're like, screw off. And he's like, I get it. You can hit me. You probably should hit me. You know, like <laughs> I deserve this. Um, but I think that was a great just insertion of a new continuity that was always there, but was not always there. So I'd say that was the best. And then, yeah, then what? It led to the emotional spectrum, you know, Roy G. Biv, black and white, and now it's even caused other creators to be like, yeah, let's make our own rings. <laughs> <laughs> All the rings. Yeah, I don't know what gold does, but it's a ring. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best piece of advice someone's ever given you? Wow, the best piece of advice, and I should have this handy because... Because I should. Um, wow. I guess... And it's weird. Like, I, this is going to sound so narcissistic. I hear two pieces of, of advice from my own voice that I know I've given people. But I know the only reason I got them is because I got them from somewhere else. Okay. So two that come to mind. Don't half-ass it. You know, and I think of that because I had a buddy who was in a relationship... And he really liked this this woman that he was with, but they were going through troubles, and he didn't know if he should walk away from it. And I said, "Well, don't half-ass it. Either walk or go back, but don't, you know, don't don't like whatever you choose. Put your heart into it. So don't half-ass it. That was always a big one. Uh, then years later, you know, in in my career in education, it hasn't always been spectacular. Uh, there was a good four years of horribleness." Um, and I just started thinking about it because this job, like, 
<laughs> another way to connect to my heroes. So the gray hairs are coming in. Uh, I think I might get lucky. I might get those cool gray sideburns like Reed Richards style, Jordan style. <laughs> At least I hope. But then I find the grays elsewhere and I get angry. Um, but, you know, is it worth getting an ulcer for? You know, because in that job, like I said, you're never off. And, you know, it's you're caring for people. You're caring for strangers. You're doing above and beyond. And, you know, it's taxing. And it's going to eat you alive from the inside. So, again, is the ulcer worth it? Like, is this something that I need to dwell on and, and, and get frustrated for? So if I can say yes to that, then go with it. If I can't say yes to that, then let it go. So <laughs> it's essentially the same piece of advice. It just went from my ass to my gut. <laughs> but, you know, it, it definitely is, you know, I think it's worth it. You know, if you're, you know, put your all into it. Put your all into it. Last question. And this is the one that's famous for Hey Mitch. Uh, and maybe it's going to come easy to you for being a comic book person. <laughs> if you could have one completely useless superpower and it has to be useless, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. Um, so the example that I always get give is that I can grow my hair exactly one inch at any time I want, but it can only grow that one inch in like once a day. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess... Oh, it's tough because like I could figure my mind's already finding useless powers, but they would be beneficial to me. Uh-huh. So I don't know if that counts because nope. it'd be a cheat. <laughs> um, so I guess, okay, this is going to be horrible. Um, I can regrow fingernails. <laughs> so I've cut back on drinking. I don't smoke, you know, but that's my nervous tick. Is, and I know this is probably like to the viewers. They're like, this guy sounded cool until he started saying that. Aww. But I, I bite my nails uh-huh. so bad and I'm trying like, after December, I really need to quit this bad habit. But right now, that would be great to just get an extra set of fingernails. Because I was supposed to be working on my paper this week, and I didn't get too far into it. But right now, out of the set of 10, I've got a whole whopping uh, three nails left. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like my emergency reserve. You know, it's like, Tomorrow's going to be rough, so I better hold on to these. But yeah, so there's the useless superpower. Regrow fingernails. Just regrow them so that you can chew on <laughs> so them I can some chew more. Them again. <laughs> All right, Chris, thanks. Thanks for coming on, Hamish, uh, for letting people know more about you so that they can know a little bit more about the voice behind <laughs> the podcast. Uh, if you want to talk to me, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geekly Media. Chris, where can people find you online? Uh, so you can definitely find me in the best place is probably Twitter. Um, my handle there is stuff I should say, should being spelled S-H-U-D. Uh, if you want to find me as an actual person, I'm on Facebook. Uh, my name is spelled Christopher Franey, just like it sounds, <laughs> if that makes sense to your spellingness. Uh, but that's where I am as a person. So if you want to see the uh, the highs and lows of my life, the achievements and the the uh, comic book panels that I use to describe my disachievements, you can check that out there. And then if you want to check out any of these writings that I do, uh, go to geekelitemedia.com or aiptcomics.com or follow, and I guess this is a weird plug, I shouldn't do it, but I think I'm going to, uh, follow Woodard Junior High School's social media. I'm starting to have an impact on their on their working, so I'm using some of those skills to help make my school a better place. There you go. 
All right. If you want to follow the rest of Geekly Media, it's at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geeklymedia.com. And whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Hey Mitch on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. 